This is a variety show with no particular niche. Maybe it's always about hanging out. Maybe we'll laugh at some stuff. Maybe we'll learn something new. But it's always about hanging out, me and you. Welcome to That Thing with James. I'm your host, James. And this is a podcast about nothing in particular. If you are new to the show, the best way I can describe it is... This is just a hangout. The original sort of impetus was, let let me see, let me see. When I first got into podcasting, what, three years ago? About three years ago or so, I based it, I, I had only been listening to podcasts for maybe almost a year by the time I decided to make one of my own. And I was uh, listening to and watching a lot of the uh, podcasts with some of the comedians I like and the the stuff I liked is people who just they just you know riffed they just chatted the whole time um, and that's kind of what this show is but it's just me, me. <laughs> sometimes I might have a guest but um, I used to have more guests, but then, you know, pandemic happened and everything, and uh, the guest list kind of dwindled, and then I tried to get more guests, and that became a a real challenge. Um, And so now I just, if, if if I get a guest, it just happens of its own accord. So now it's just me. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like that to begin with anyway, but... Um, Yeah, so, yeah, if you're new, this is just a hangout, I just riff, this is just a chill sort of thing. If you need background noise, if you just want to, you know, hear what a stranger has to say about anything that comes to mind, then you're in the right place. This is just a chill hangout with you and me. Hey, what's up? I hope you're having a good day. Maybe you're driving. Maybe you're winding down. I love that kind of stuff. I'm like in a constant, well, not really, but one of my pursuits, one of my favorite things to do is to wind down. As a person who has a certain mental illness that causes them to get wound up a whole lot, I find one of the best ways for me to manage my mental illness, to not get swept away with the what-ifs and the worries, is to really hone my winding down. It's a skill. It's a skill, especially for an American, an American. And it's not just exclusive to Americans. Any hyper-capitalist, you know, pursuit of productivity type cultures, there is a tendency, a cultural tendency, you are conditioned to get wound up, right? And that, you can't be wound up all the time because you run out of energy. So you have to wind down. And if you, you know, come from a particular culture, that may not be a valued skill, a valued thing, the puritanical idea of doing jack shit, or to to the puritanical um, based worldview philosophy, to do not is a sin, right? 
idle hands, idle butt cheeks, all that stuff. Um, and I don't, I don't like that. I don't, it doesn't jive with me. I'm about chilling. And so that's what this show is for. It's about chilling. And if you need help chilling, well, then you've tuned in to the right place because listening to my golden baritone voice may help you achieve the level of chill you have been searching for yet have struggled to find thus far in whatever day it is that you are consuming this podcast. So hi, welcome. And a quick thank you to the new patrons. Yes, I got new patrons completely unexpected. What a delight that was. So thank you, new patrons, and thank you to uh, the patrons who've been around since like the very beginning of this show, one of whom got me the microphone that I'm still using right now. Um, you guys rock. You rock. You make it worth coming back to do this show, right? So um, I've been doing this show bi-weekly. I used to do it once a week, but I'm doing it bi-weekly now. Uh, because I am pursuing some other stuff that it brings me joy. It makes me feel not wound up. It helps me achieve a level of uh, peace of mind that I, I, I so desperately desire in my day-to-day -day life. It's not a permanent thing. As someone who has, for uh, most of their life, been uh, very aware and active in the pursuit of, let's say, wellness. I, I, I kind of hate that word, but it does fit. M mental and physical wellness. You learn that uh, a, the, the pursuit of peace of mind is not an ending thing, much like the practice of meditation. It is a practice. It's something you continue to do. There is no quick fix. There is no permanent thing that will make you happy for the rest of your life. That doesn't exist. What does work, however, is an active pursuit and an active practice. You keep going back and doing the thing, all right? Whatever works for you, as long as it doesn't hurt or hinder other people without their consent. I mean, kinks exist. So what was I what was I saying? Yes, thank you to the patrons. If you didn't know, um, I do bonus episodes of this show. I, I promise I'll get in. I actually have something I want to talk about today. Uh, it, it's this book I found years ago. It's a trip. But first, I do bonus episodes every time I put out one of these free episodes. I also put out a bonus episode, which you can access via my Patreon account. Um, so if you want bonus episodes, I'm into the 60s or something now, number of them, uh, go to patreon.com slash that thing with James, become a patron, and you will get access to all the bonus episodes and the new bonus content that I'm doing. I'm doing some like behind the scenes stuff 
for the other uh, comedy shorts that I've been making, uh, namely Minor Tensions. It's a thing. And also, if you are just listening to this, do know, if in case you didn't know, uh, there is a video component to this podcast, and you can also get X, you know, watch my uh, the comedy bits that I've been making. They're actually very good. I can say this objectively. I know this. They're actually good. Um, at my YouTube channel, uh, just go to YouTube, search bar, look for, type in that thing with James. My channel will pop up. And there you can find this podcast. You can still listen to it. It's the same audio, but you also get the benefit of getting to gaze upon my angular visage. And while I'm on the topic, I'm on TikTok. My handle there is at TTWJ Productions. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at James J. Asher. I have a subreddit, r slash that thing with James. And you can email me at the show email for, you know, send nice things or suggestions for something to talk about here on this podcast. Email me at that thing with James at gmail.com. And I know I went through all that quickly, and that's why I have it written down for you in the uh, episode description. So, without further ado, um, in in this week's bonus episode, I'm going to talk about some fun stuff. I did something real fun last night at the time of this recording. It's currently, at the time of this recording, uh, Sunday, March 5th, 11.33 a.m. Ooh, earlier than usual because it's finally nice outside. It's almost spring. It's nice. I'm so relieved that winter is on its way out. I cannot handle the cold like I used to be able to. Not that I was ever great at the cold, but it's real rough for me now. So it's nice out. I want to take the dog out to the park, so I'm recording early. So I'm trying to get through this episode and get on to this episode's topic, which I thought of just some minutes before <laughs> before I started recording. Um, some interesting thing from this book I have. I don't know if I've shared this book on the show before. On the video, I'm trying to show you the cover of this book here. It is called 14 Lessons in Yogi Philosophy by Yogi Ramacharaka. Yogi Ramacharaka. Yogi Ramacharaka. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. Yogi Ramacharaka was a white man back in the turn of the century, uh, 1800s to 1900s. So back in the 19-teens, this was during the spiritualism thing when people were doing seances. I don't know if you can see it. Um, I got a picture framed up on the wall behind me. You probably can't see it on this camera, but it's a neat picture of like a seance from this time of spiritualism around the time of um, Houdini and uh, around the time of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the author of the Sherlock Holmes stories. And um, actually, Conan Doyle and Houdini, they were friends. 
uh, and Doyle was into this spiritualism thing. He and his wife would go do these seances and stuff. And, uh, and, and, and it's an interesting thing. There was a bit of a tension between Conan Doyle and, and Houdini because Houdini did not buy the whole spiritualism thing. He didn't buy the ectoplasm, those old pictures of like ectoplasm escaping someone's mouth and that sort of stuff. Houdini said, this is bullshit. And these spiritualists, these, you know, these quote unquote oracles and shit like this, they're frauds. They're fucking frauds and I will expose them. It was his own like personal I wouldn't, I don't know, I wouldn't call it a vendetta, but it was like his personal mission to out these fraudulent uh, spiritualist practice practitioners. Um, and this is not to be confused with like spirituality and that sort of thing. But if you are unfamiliar with the whole spiritualism movement in the early 1900s, you might find it interesting. I find it a very interesting topic. Um, and But yeah, Houdini, he did. He successfully exposed a lot of hucksters because people would pay hand over fist to maybe do a seance and talk to a dead relative or something like that. And Houdini said, this is fraud. This is, this is fucked up. This is not real. So he would go around because he, he was he was like, this is wrong. You're playing on these people's trauma and emotions and just getting money out of them and for, for bullshit. You're fucking them over. And so he successfully exposed a lot of these people, a lot of these quote unquote psychics and stuff like that. Um but his good friend, Houdini's good friend, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and his and who and that Doyle's wife, they were into this stuff, and there was a lot of like tension, a lot of static between these two. It's a great story, but that's not what I want to talk about. That was just to sort of paint a picture of the world in which Yogi Ramacharaka came around. Because around this same time, during the spiritualism movement, yoga started coming to the U.S. Um, it was a thing. Like, it, it started out as, like, in carnival freak shows, they would have... Um, yogi or yoga practitioners they would be like the contortionists and stuff it would be one of the acts one of the novelties hold on i don't know if you can hear that loud motor just a second okay yeah the motor is died down it seems um someone with a beat up camry and a cheap spoil with a cheap spoiler on the back took the muffler off their car to sound like hot shit even though they are just a hot turd on wheels. <laughs> it's so funny how people do that. It's a dream. It's a, it's a, it's an aspiration they have. Who am I to piss on their parade? Back to the topic. Yoga practitioners were uh, part of like freak show kind of things. These novelties, these oddities. 
they would do their, you know, the, 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 not the bandas, the bandas is, uh, you know, locking integral parts of your body. I've been doing yoga for like 12 years or probably more now, I think 13 years. Yeah. About 13 years. No shit. I've been doing it for 15 years. Okay. Beside the point, um, but yoga was coming into the US, right? And it had started out as sort of a novelty sort of thing, but some certain people who were part of or say adjacent to the spiritualism movement got into yoga, right? And Mr. Yogi Ramasharaka was one of these dudes. I don't want to look it up again. I don't want to look it up again. I don't want to pause. I'm on a roll here. But it was a white guy. Unless I'm mistaken, he was from Ohio, Pennsylvania, somewhere around there. I think he might have been a dentist to begin with, but he got into the yoga and spiritualism and psychic stuff into this movement. And he wrote this book, 14 Lessons in Yogi Philosophy. This book I have is pretty beat up. Um, I would like to get it uh, fixed a little bit because the uh, spine is has come detached from some of the pages, but it's amazing that it's in the, you know, it's amazing that it's in one piece right now because this is an old book and I'll tell you where I found it in a minute. But first, uh, let's see, when did this thing come out? Um, oh, wow. So the original copyright for this book was 1903. The copy I have in my hands right now is a republish copyright 1931. So almost, almost 30 years later, but it was the same publisher. It's got three copyrights, 1903, 1904, and then 1931, the, the version I have in my hands right now. And the same publisher is by the Yogi Publication Society. So I think I think that was Ramesh Raka's own publication because he kind of got into this stuff. But it says here, Ramesh Raka authored a couple other books and more. Um, one is called The Science of Breath. Another one is called Hatha Yoga, which is, I mean, it's, it's yoga um, that puts a lot of emphasis on breathing the, um, the flow of prana because breathing, you breathe in air, but you also breathe in life energy and it. you get it working in you and through you and everything. Um, if you've, if you've, uh, done psychedelics, you may have experienced some, something similar. Uh, well, yogis, though they may not even have ever done psychedelics, uh, you get to this point where it's like you become aware and experience this level of like, let's call it electricity in the air flowing in you and around you. And you play with this stuff. Well, this, this white guy, uh, let's call him like Bob. It was a normal white guy name like Bob something. Bob the dentist, if he was a dentist. He got into this stuff, uh, took up the pen name Yogi Ramasharaka and started writing about this stuff. And let me just read to you these table of contents. 
Lesson one, the first three principles, the constitution of man, the seven principles of man, the physical body, the astral body, prana, or vital force. Lesson two, the mental principles, that's getting into the instinctive mind, the intellect. Lesson three, the spiritual principles, the sixth and seventh principles, spiritual mind, la da la la la. Uh, lesson four, the human aura. The further you get into this book, the more far out it gets. The human aura, uh, it's about pranic aura, health aura, uh, spirit aura, auric colors, uh, goes on thought dynamics, um, the quality and power of thought, thought forms, thought influences, the occult teachings on this great subject, because this gets into the occult stuff too. Uh, next lesson six is telepathy, clairvoyance, etc., uh, psychometry, and everything else. We've got human magnetism, you know, and you still find videos about that online, how to increase your magnetism. Um, occult therapeutics. We've got spiritual healing, mental healing, pranic healing, theory and practice, psychic influence, mesmerism, Ooh, how about that? The astral world. This is in the early 1900s, early 1900s. And you'll, you know, spend time on TikTok, fucking Instagram, wherever. You'll, you're bound to see some white person talking about projecting your astral body into the astral realm, exercises on how to project yourself into the astral realm. Well, this motherfucker was writing about this shit uh, uh, over 100 years ago, right? Uh, and then we go into Beyond the Border, the survival of ego after passing out of the physical body, where it goes, and what it does after the change called death. The hell just fell on my computer. Oh, it's a piece of the book. I told you it was falling apart. Uh, we've got spiritual evolution, spiritual cause and effect, and then finally, the yogi path of attainment in which he sells you on his other books. If you want to learn more on how to attain the uh, more advanced levels of the yogi mind and yogi experience, buy my other books on prana, so on and so forth. So there is a particular thing that I want to get into here, um, and it's got to do with thought waves. Thought waves. And I'll get into it after... A quick second. I want to take a water drink, so I'll be right back. And I'm back. So before I get into this thought waves thing, I want to say I found this book at a theater I used to work and study at. Um, it, I was doing tech for a summer show. I don't know how I found this book. I think I was helping clear out some like old stock. This book fell on the ground right at my feet caught my eyes and I was like, ooh, yogi philosophy, what is this? I flipped through the leaves and said, I need this, I need this. So I found the theater director and I asked her, this fell at my feet, it jumped out at me, may I please keep it? And she said, I've never seen that in my life, have at it, it's yours. So that's, this book found me, okay? Uh, back when I was in my early 20s, all right? And by that time, 
I had this idea. Have you ever, well, let's start here. When you walk into a, say, a room or someone's house or even into a, a neighborhood or a district or a whole town or a city, you may, if you're really paying attention, notice it's got its own vibe, for lack of a better word. Some place you may walk into a room with someone you met at a bar or something, and you may be having a good night and everything's light. But then all of a sudden, when you go into this space, it feels dark. It looks dark. It's as if a, a veil of shade has cast over everything. The lights all seem to dim, not disappear, but dim. And things just feel a bit menacing. What is that sound? That's the ice maker. I don't know if you could hear that. Um, you could, you walk into a room and, and the vibes just feel menacing, off, fucked. The vibes are fucked. Or maybe you're having a bad day and you walk into some place and it's, uh, you say you walk into like a Buddhist temple or something or anywhere and it's like, this place feels safe. It feels peaceful. It's serene. I don't feel so beset upon by worries and and the ticking clock ever present in the back of my mind. Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. All these concerns of mine, you walk into a place or you get in a presence of someone and suddenly all those worries and all those hurries seem to just sort of vanish. You may have experienced that if you have write or send me an email about it. Or if you're watching the video on YouTube, write in the comments. But I had this idea that perhaps one of the things, one of the things is that you're thinking your thoughts, right? We, where the fuck do thoughts come from? Oh, they come from your brain. Where's your mind located? Can you locate in your physical body where your mind is where 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 your thoughts are are all your thoughts your own uh, a dear old friend of mine used to say who is the thinker of thoughts like are all your thoughts your own so i just came up with this fun little idea because in my life i've had plenty of alone time and plenty of time to just sit around and imagine things um have fun with it sometimes you know get beat up by imagine by my imagination but one of the things i thought of is like what if your yeah what if your thoughts are not all your own and who's to say your thoughts are just located within you like do your thoughts emanate like radio waves I, you know i thought of this before and then some years later in in college I stumbled upon a short story that I've never been able to find again, but it was by Kurt Vonnegut. And it was about this woman, this housewife, who um, experienced the same thing. And he was using, Vonnegut was using words that I had been using to think up my own, you know, fun little theory that I, you know, 
I, I don't completely dismiss it, but I'm not putting all my fucking stock into it. I'm not devoting my life to it. But in his story, he was like, this woman one day had a bunch of uh, bad chemicals. Her, her brain just decided to put a bunch of weird chemicals in her brain. And she started thinking thoughts that she did not believe were her own. She believed that her brain was like a radio receiver and that she was picking up thoughts transmitted from elsewhere out in the world. And I was like, holy shit, someone else has thought this before, right? And then years after I found that story, I found this book and it talks about exactly this. So let me jump to, I think it's on page 78. Let me find it here. I've got it bookmarked. So hopefully, hopefully this is a good place to jump in here. Yeah, let's start on page 77 here. This is under the thought dynamics section. Quote, the mind is continually throwing off emanations, which may be seen as the aura extending a few feet from the person, and which usually becomes thinner and less easily perceived as it extends away from the sender. We are constantly sending forth thought waves, to use a favorite term, and these waves, after the initial force of their projection is expended, float along like clouds, mixing with other thought waves of the same character and extending often to far distant parts of the earth. Some of the thought emanations remain around the place from which they were sent forth, and unless disturbed by strong thoughts of a contrary nature, will remain but slightly changed for many years. Other thoughts sent forth with a definite purpose or under a strong desire, emotion, or passion will go rapidly forth toward the object to whom they are directed. We shall see instances of this as we proceed with this lesson, end quote. It's the idea of my ears are itching or my ears are burning. Oh, someone must be talking about me. Or maybe you get a call from a friend or a family member and you were just thinking about them. This weird stuff happens. Perhaps it's happened to you. You're thinking about someone you haven't had contact with them for a while. You haven't even thought about them for a while. All of a sudden, they just start popping up in your life. Maybe they'll call. Maybe you'll see them somewhere on social media where you had not seen them for a long time. Uh, this stuff tends to happen. And it, I, I feel like it also kind of links back to this other thing that I heard of uh, when I was visiting this old it's now just like a tourist destination. It's this like historical site you can tour in Dublin, Ireland, uh, this old prison that purportedly has a lot of ghost activity. And our tour guide said this, um, he, he was talking about the, uh, you know, the ghost activity that a lot of people report when they visit this place. And he talked about, I think it was stone tape theory. 
That was the first time I heard this. I, I was 15 when I was at um, in Ireland and on this tour. And our guide said, um, some people say that the limestone, which is a very porous stone, uh, and thus easy to build with. There's a lot of structures made out of limestone. Uh, the limestone would just sort of absorb the, the vibrations, the energy of the thoughts and feelings and activities of uh, the, the people and the events, especially if they are very highly emotionally charged events that occur in the space. The rocks would absorb this energy that they're putting off, that these people put off. And over time, the rocks just sort of like send it off because it recorded it and thus it releases it as well uh, as a part of entropy, right? It, re it releases, it emanates what it recorded. So throughout my life, this idea of energy being sent out, not just in you know a neutral sense, but um, in a way that the human mind may pick up and, and make sense of, you know, be able to make a story out of in, in some sense of the term. Um, this idea has been present in my life for a long time. And again, it's not necessarily something I actively seek out unless there is a new season of Ghost Adventures, then I'm fucking watching that every week um, for every new episode. But this is a topic that has come back into my life time and time again. So, yeah, I'm interested in that. Are you? Write, write to me. Send me an email. Write a comment. And uh, I think that's it. I think that's it for this episode. I'm going to charge the camera, eat some food. I'm pretty hungry now. And then I will record this week's bonus episode in which I will share what fun thing I did last night that I don't want to talk about <laughs> on the public episode, the public, public episode. So once again, if you want access to the bonus episodes, please be uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash that thing with James. And thank you to those of you who are already patrons. I greatly appreciate it. And if you've stuck it out this long into the episode, I, I, I appreciate your time. I hope this, uh, you know, we started off saying maybe this is going to help you chill the fuck out. I hope this helped you chill the fuck out and get your mind off of something that may have been pestering you and moving in another more creative, fun, whimsical direction that will bring vivid color to your day. So with that, I bid you adieu, adieu, adieu. And I'll catch you next time. I love you. Bye.